Cliff Kingsbury's social media policy. Go. Should we give people a back? Should we give people a background first? Yeah. So you've heard about it. Let me try to. Um, I'll say if I miss anything, you tell me. Okay. Yeah. So Cliff Kingsbury announced at a recent NFL owners meeting that he would be allowing social media breaks in team meetings. Correct. During the course of team meetings, essentially two camps have sprung up. One is. Um, yeah, good idea. Meet the kids where they are. Kids, you know, the average age of an NFL player on his team, apparently, from what I've read, is about 25 years. So we're talking about, like, real millennials. Um, or this is nonsense, which is some, what some other camps are, are saying. Like, how could you possibly do this? And then, of course, that sparks this whole conversation of, look, Cliff Kingsbury still has not really been successful in any sort of quantifiable way. Right. As a coach. Right. Right. So, okay. So let's hear what your thoughts are. I've got some thoughts as well. My thoughts, I think, are with the the first thing that you said that meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think as much as sometimes people may want to say like, well, you're a professional athlete, you should be able to focus or whatever the argument against a cell phone break would be. Part of me feels like a lot of the kids, as you mentioned, he has a young team. A lot of their draft picks are going to be 21, 22 years old. So they were kids that were raised with phones, right? So it's a, it's been a big part of their life. And so if that's something that if he feels like that's a way to hold their attention in a way that he needs while also helping them out, right by giving them that break and Mm -hmm. and saying like hey i need you for 20 minutes and then you can look at your phone so you're not thinking about it whatever it may be Mm -hmm. like i i think the idea is there my concern would be on the other side of it um i do honestly wonder if there would kind of be like an anticipation and maybe this is just me but like an anticipation of like how much more time till I get to look at my phone as opposed to if you're just in a meeting and the standard is we're in a meeting you're not looking at your phone it's like does that make sense like this idea of like kind of like sitting there waiting yeah. like when do I get to you got a five-minute countdown well and, and and you're right and I'm thinking of the actual logistics of it so say you have a five-minute window or a ten-minute window or whatever it might be when people are looking at social media so rarely are you going on replying to one DM and getting off. That's not really how it works. So I think you'll you'll have to cut it short in, in some way. So say you cut it short, then you enter a meeting and you're asked to pay attention for 20, 30 minutes. And, and yeah, maybe you're like, well, I've only got five minutes till my next break. And that becomes sort of this subliminal tug on your attention. And there's a lot of research that actually proves that out. Like you and I have our phones nearby. Part of our cognitive resources are being distributed, but some part of our attention is on those right now. If it lights up, we're gonna be ready, right? Uh, I'm, I'm waiting on an email, you know, I'm waiting on a response. Part of my resources are there right now. It's a subtle part, but they're there. So I think I'm with you on that. Well, I didn't, I also didn't, I, I didn't read the same article that you did. I kind of just saw the headline and wrote and read like the sub headline. But one thing I'd be interested in when he says that they can have cell phone breaks, um, does that mean that cell phones are on their person or is he like collecting them and then they can yeah. pick them up? Cause I think that would matter as well. I mean, I know mm-hmm. for me, if my phone's in my pocket and I feel it buzz, like there's a, I, my hand will start going towards oh, my no pocket doubt. and I yeah. have to be like, stop, like you're in the middle of doing something or I just give in and take or my phone out. Which is more it. often than not, that's what it is. And I think that the ability to reach or not reach is where my entry in the discussion might start. 
because here's what I think. We do have this policy of like meet people where they are, but why do we say meet people where they are? Well, if you're an educator, you meet people where they are to take them where you believe they need to be, right? That's your entry point. So don't fight against the grain always. That's probably not best possible scenario. But if you ask like, well, what do I, what are the outcomes I expect um, on my team or for these men? That's two different conversations right there. So if you could divide, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. you see where I'm going because you've heard me talk before. But like if you were to divide the conversation right there, I think that's what, what's super important. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury would have to essentially identify that. I'm going to break these up and say for these men is column B, uh, for this team is column A. So best case scenario for this team is what? I have buy, they buy into me. Uh, I get along with my players and they respect me and they, and they f- execute the plays. Uh, and we win, right? And you hang on to your NFL job and prove the critics along. That, that that's like, that would you say agree? That that's maybe best case scenario for Cliff Kingsbury, or perhaps that's one of his goals. Yes. Okay. So with that in mind, I I think there is uh, a legitimate concern within this because, like you said, um, the threshold thing. If you, I, I don't think humans behave in the way that we're that he might be thinking. Meaning, um, okay, every so often I'll give you this break. Okay, well, what happens next? All of a sudden, the break's not long enough. Or all of a sudden, the chunks of time are too long, right? Does it start at 40 and 10, 40 minutes on, 10 minutes off? Okay, well, what, coach, that's not enough. You know, 30 minutes on, 20 minutes of social media time? You know what I mean? These thresholds, they're they're not absolutes, they're not set in stone. If you're suggesting that they are, then what you're doing is you're setting a hard line expectation, which is what this, I think, policy is trying to push back against. And and anyway, so that's the problem right there is that I think this is, once you start to become too lenient, you open the door where leniency is the expectation from your team, okay? And then furthermore, the average NFL game, how long do you think it is? If you say four quarters, we're ending this podcast. <laughs> the average uh, NFL game, what do you think? Like uh, three Actual hours? Time. Yeah, it's like yeah. three hours and 12 <coughs> minutes. Okay, three hours and 12 minutes. I think teaching someone to, what's our one of our mottos in, in weight room and stuff like that, start fast, stay focused, finish strong. The stay focused part is essential. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're saying the average NFL game is three hours and 12 minutes, and you, are igno- and you are suggesting that these men cannot pay attention for more than 20 minutes, I get the idea that you'd want to tinker with that. I'm fully on board. I'm, not, I'm just not convinced that this is the way because what's the next, let's follow this down, right? Let's take this, uh, what we, let's take this association five years down the road. If this is an instantiated policy in the Cardinals organization and it's like 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off, whatever, when does that enter the sideline? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you I have mean, to take that into all things. You can't, you can, you can pay attention here, but you can't pay attention here. Or, you know, it's, it's uh, selective attention. It's no, this, the standard, I believe if I'm a coach. Okay. So let me just put myself in Kingsbury's coaching shoes. I want my guys to develop the capacity to pay attention when they recognize it's important. Now, that being said, I understand that it's on me as a coach to switch gears, make it fun, you know, maybe hand over the reins to the players every now and then, whatever it might be, to make the environment engaging enough that they can do that and that they want to be a part of it and do it. But I don't think just giving into their social media whim is the answer. So just from a team perspective, what are your thoughts? Well, my, my thoughts are, you kind of mentioned it or you alluded to it just now, but uh, 
like focus and attention are a skill and those are skills that you are going to develop or you are sorry that you can develop and are necessary to develop in order to be successful especially as a professional athlete because like you said that's the the game like you can't if you take a play off like you just got burned and they scored a touchdown and maybe you lost the game whatever it may be oh i mean at that level yeah it is a subtle lapse in attention yeah and it's over right and so my thing is and and maybe this is apples to oranges but I don't know. I think it, it, it's it would be difficult for me, or I think it's a, an uphill battle for him to say like because without a doubt, focus and attention are going to be things that he is going to try and give to these players. Right? It's going to be a skill that he tries to develop with them on the football field. Yeah. And I think it's too difficult to separate them <laughs> in my mind, where it's like on the football field, focused, yeah. on, ready. Uh, when we're in meetings. Uh, okay, we can Full take a break every now walk, and right. again. It, it seems like that's kind of... Um, yeah, what are you going to do? Tell your position coach, hey, we've been doing drills for 18 minutes now. I need a break. You right. know, I can't... You know? Yeah. No, the, the coach like, get on task. Pay attention. Let's go. Right. And if you're trying to develop those skills, I, I it would seem to me that this is kind of counter to that. Now, maybe the long-term plan, and again, that's something that would be interesting to hear from him, what he thinks moving, what, what it's going to look like moving forward. Maybe this is like the start and that time's going to go down or the time's going to get longer. Yeah. I was, and, I was thinking about that as soon as you started saying that. Yeah. I think that you're thoughtful enough to maybe say that. I'm not convinced that they're saying that. And, and and tell me if I'm hearing you right. Yeah. You're saying that that could those thresholds could work in the opposite direction too. Yeah. You could say, okay, guys, we're going to start with 20 minutes on, 10 minutes off, and we're going to slowly expand that. You're going to scaffold your attention essentially. Now we're going 25 minutes, okay, and 10. Now 30 minutes and 10. Now 40 minutes, whatever it might be. Right. Right. Um, and I would say that there's definitely a top end threshold. I'm comfortable with the idea, like a class period, like. Maybe 35 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40, somewhere in there. I'm comfortable with that being like an understood attention threshold limit. I get that. Okay, but what do you do after 35 minutes? I don't think you put people on social media. I think you take a look at the schools and say, what do you do? Um, maybe you get up and work, move around. Okay, what if, what if you are a, you're a linebacker sitting in the defensive meeting room and every 30 minutes, you go with your group of linebackers, draw up a defense against a specific, you just randomize cards and plays of the opponents, you got a little whiteboard, throw out a, uh, an opponent's play, and you talk through, in the context of what you just learned, how do we defend this play? Just a linebacker group does it, the DBs do it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it, like that. Like what? If, what? If, so you're standing up, you're moving around, you're shifting attention, there's novelty, all this kind of stuff. Maybe there's something on the line, you know, maybe the whoever gets it right, you know, lunch lunches on the position coach, what something like that. Right. But that would be that would be uh, an interesting understanding of attention span limits. Yeah. And a creative way to keep people engaged and not ask too much of people. The freaking the social, hey, go on Instagram now. That doesn't feel aligned from my perspective. Yeah. And maybe what I'm saying now is moving more toward the human side. Yeah. So we were just talking about how might this play out on the field? How is this going to play out in the lives of these people? So this is the part that's like, as you know, probably most important. Not probably. It's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. If you win a Super Bowl and these guys can't freaking 
go to the grocery store. They don't know enough about the world or themselves or anything to go to the grocery store or maintain, hold a conversation once they're out. Then what have you really done? You can wear your Super Bowl ring on your couch in your mansion and that's it. Um, anyway, my point here really is, you know, and I don't want to go down the whole road of what happens to a brain post NFL career. Okay. But that's an interesting component to add to the discussion. I think there's something really interesting going on in post-career athletes in general, but certainly post-career NFL athletes. And that is you get to best case scenario, late thirties, Tom Brady, early forties. And what have you got? And if you don't have the ability to pay attention, if you don't have self-control, the ability to move cleanly through ideas and make sense of your life and whatever, um, then you're in a bad way because you got another 40, 50 years to, of, of like probably, well, if nothing else, maybe decreasing cognitive resources, but maybe, but definitely decreasing access to mentors, Mm -hmm. like clean, like clean, excuse me, like Cliff Kingsbury, I think, and probably you think should be. Yeah. Right. So with that in mind, he's under no obligation to make these men better men. He's under no obligation to do that, but he could. And I think if you give in to the whims of, of social media breaks, you are not. Okay, you're probably playing into the very thing that that is going to handicap them in some way post career. When the when the bright lights are off, when it's just you trying to figure out your day and your life, the ability to focus and maintain attention is critical. So indulgence in these whims is just not something we should be giving to people. And you know, you look into his comments, he's like you see their legs shaking, you see their fingers twitching, you know they need their media fix. That's pretty close to what Cliff Kingsbury was saying. And it's like, okay, isn't that exactly the reason not to indulge the addiction? And I'm using that word really specifically. What if that freaking, what if that same guy is addicted to uh, nicotine? Like you can have 10 minute smoke breaks in the NFL now, right. you know? They're, the guy's addicted. Even more reason to step up and not like continue that harmful path. Yeah, and it seems like there's there like you said there's much if if there is this kind of nervous energy that he's noticing with the guys, it seems like there are probably a lot healthier ways for number 1 the success of their football team, number 2 the success of these individuals moving forward, mm-hmm. there are healthier ways to kind of release that energy. I mean, totally. like like you said, you know, uh, I, I think if you've watched ever watched like Hard Knocks or anything like that, you'll see that when they have these team meetings, they're in kind of like a theater style sure. of seating. Like, like make the guys walk up and down the stairs two or three times or something like that. If there's like that nervous energy, make that part of it and make instead of like you said, just kind of giving into this idea. It also feels to me to say like there's this nervous energy because they don't have their social media fix it it almost feels like uh, like a false equivalency to me it's like i believe that there's a nervous energy potentially with these guys sitting in the room i don't necessarily think that it's because of social media i think perhaps in the past they have filled that nervous energy or Mm -hmm. that boredom with social media and so but to say that that is the cause i don't necessarily buy sure so that's right and and with any um with any vision, with it, with the articulation of any plan, you should have an idea of like the problem that you are trying to stop to solve. You know, it's called a theory of change. People use it all the time. What's the problem I'm trying to solve? What are my assumptions? What are my interventions? And then essentially collect data on the back end if, if it's 
you know, is this holding? Is, is my intervention successful or not? And now you bring in, I hate to do this because I want to talk more essentially practical but theoretical, but you do have to take into account, okay, Cliff Kingsbury, young, smart, intelligent guy, but where is the, where is the success rate here? You know what I mean? And I don't want to bring that, cause I don't want to be a Cliff Kingsbury naysayer. I, I, I hope, wish the best for him, but like, is it working? You know what I mean? Right. I, I would say you're, you're not necessarily winning on the field. So, so how about this? You're not necessarily winning on the field in this high powered offense and you're a high powered offensive mind. That comes down to two things. One, the validity of the high, the offense that you are putting in play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or the execution of that offense. Right. So either he's not the offensive genius that we think he is, or the execution is letting him down to a point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's go on. Let's assume that he's an offensive genius. So is it fair to say that the execution, the running of the routes, the timing, the you know that maybe that is not perfect? You know, is that fair to say? You hear every coach yeah. say it. You know, you know, so and so didn't run the right route, or darn it, he did it in practice, but he didn't do it on game day, and blah, blah, all that stuff. Well, doesn't that come back to at least in part? the same concept yeah right like can they lock in can they pay attention can your people execute on the plan all that kind of stuff right now it looks like the answer is no and yeah I, and i hate to say it but like it matters at texas tech it matters more in the nfl right i mean because the, the thing that we see all the time is for example like the nfl combine just happened and uh, i actually read a study i think it was last year maybe it was earlier this year that kind of looked at the nfl combine tests and looked at the numbers and kind of uh compared them to success in the nfl and what they found is that the tests in the combine do not really translate all that well Mm -hmm. to success in the nfl one of the reasons i think that is and it's it it uh goes to what you're saying is that it's not just about who's the fastest. It's not just about who's the strongest. It's not about who's the most explosive, but it's like mm-hmm. focus. It's attention. Are you doing things right time after time after time? I forget. You, you do the little things. You execute yeah. on the plan. Yeah. I forget who who it was. Um, and it's going to bother me that I can't remember, but uh, it may have been like Jerry Rice, but he was like, like the reason that he was so successful is because he ran the route correctly every, every time. single time. Yeah. Jerry Rice was like the ultimate little things guy right there were definitely more athletic receivers than jerry rice right they're monsters coming out of the nfl draft every year monsters that that if they stood next to jerry rice you'd be like ooh. but but he just did it better right he took care of the small things one of the best examples in in players who are currently playing i think is terrell suggs mm-hmm. remember that and, yeah and i'm gonna get the stats wrong on this no i'm not i think he was at arizona state right he went to college at arizona state he got like 20 and a half sacks as a senior. I mean, he just That's blew crazy. the doors <laughs> off everyone and and did not combine well, so fell in the draft. You know, fast forward, and he's a beast. Yeah. Because he can play. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he can just straight up play. Manti Teo. I don't, I, honestly, he's playing for the Chargers still, I assume. I don't know. I, I mean, he, I think he's a legitimate NFL pro. Yeah. I don't know if he's an NFL Pro Bowler yet. We can, you know. He's he didn't make a Pro Bowl. He's on the Saints now, actually. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on the Saints now. But um, but he can play. He, he can start in the still NFL. Still on a roster, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the guy can play in the NFL. He was like so productive 
in college. Yeah. That year that Notre Dame went to the national championship against Alabama, admittedly they got rolled by some big strong dudes, but got the doors they, blown off. But they went to the they made the national championship. Yeah. Played in the national championship game. One of uh, two. was like like finished like third. He, whatever it was, he had the highest finish in the Heisman balloting yeah. uh, voting. I mean, that's for a defensive player enough since, right there for ages. And he was just he was a freak. Mm-hmm. But he was doing things like he was anticipating the play. He was taking he would take three steps from linebacker position before the, the you know before Georgia Georgia Tech uh, t- pitched the ball to whomever on the sideline. So he was just anticipating so well from film study, from intelligent and thoughtful preparation, and then he would boom he would go act. So his whatever it was his four nine forty. Like think about that if you were actually racing someone. If you if you run a if you run a four six forty and I run a four eight forty, but I take three steps before you take your first, I'm gonna win that race and that's really all that matters. Right. You know? Yeah. So I, anyway, um, how did we get down this road? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> no, we, it's it's because we're talking about the Cliff Kingsbury thing. It's like, okay, so he's going to have a roster full of physically talented people. The question is going to be, can they execute on his plan? The one component of that is, can they pay attention and sustain attention? It sounds like he is not necessarily interested or maybe isn't just just isn't aware of uh, the, the need to cultivate that within his players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I just thought of in in another sport, to like you, you talked about anticipation and just how important that is. I mean, first of all, like in the NFL, of course that's important because Tom Brady is not right throwing to where his receiver is; he's throwing to where his receiver is going to be. Right, that's what mm-hmm. makes them successful. That's the 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 entire idea. Um, another person that came to mind and i are you are you familiar with like i'm sure you're familiar with him wayne gretzky but just never heard of him just how golfer well golfer yeah um he's the video game magnet uh magnate uh but wayne gretzky first of all his like his numbers in in hockey are absurd yeah he's the all-time leader in points and he would still be the all-time leader in points over a career if you took away every single goal that he scored. So you get a point for a goal and a point right. for an assist, and he would still be that much further ahead wow. of everybody. He's insane. But one of the things they said that made him so great was that he wouldn't go to where the puck was. He always would go to where the puck was going to be. Right. Right. That anticipation matters, but that anticipation can't happen without focus, without that film study without those things beforehand mm-hmm. right you can't just like no you have to have seen the situation have studied the situation have been in the situation yeah. have been successful in it so i think that's all so the brain is a predicting machine that's like the one of the number one responsibilities it's regulation but that's happening mostly subconsciously uh the the cognitive our cognitive abilities are primarily Predictive, meaning like we are trying to predict the demands of the environment we are about to face at almost all times. Okay. Um, with that in mind, think of this the attention span. I use a metaphor of water regularly. So you talk about like multitasking. It's not about can I, can I, can I do this and this and this. You know what I mean? Because the activity within the brain is not there. These are not singular things. It's not you flip on the switch for hockey and then flip it off. 
and you are flick it on and you're a, you're in an NFL team meeting and flick it off and you're on social media or whatever it is. That's not how the brain works. Essentially, I you, you could compare your uh, attention capacity for attention to water, okay? And certain tasks are like smaller vessels within the brain. And you fill those vessels with whatever, you know, the big jug is your total, total capacity. You fill these things as you move through the day, okay? And you can pour them back, of course. You can you know, take your mind off of that, pour it back, and you can distribute that attention as you, as you wish. Um, but if part of your attention is always in the small you know, social media bucket, then you don't have that attention capacity to apply in other areas. Now, you can function in those other areas, but you can't be predictive quite as well in those upper other areas because say like in navigating an environment like a like an NHL hockey game and NFL football game includes assessment of the immediate, prediction of the future, association with the people and things around you, okay? You need to have a pretty it's a pretty big bucket of attention to really do that well. And it's going to require a lot of your attention capacity to really do that well. So if some of it's always being dumped in over here, this one's always going to come up slightly short, if that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe these guys can execute in the moment. Maybe they have enough attention to raise their hand and ask, ask the question with Cl when Cliff Kingsbury calls on them. But do they have the resources to think down the road, to be predictive, to make creative associations, which is where the best sort of thinking occurs? I would say no. And I would say if Cliff Kingsbury ever listens to this podcast, uh, first of all, he probably would have turned it off after five minutes. But if he if, he, if he thought maybe we were going to a good place with it for him, um, give us a call. We'll give you Alex's direct cell phone number. You can have it. You want it right now? <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I, I don't know. It's it's funny because. Um, you know, full circle idea. One of the things that we try to do when we enter organizations is equip them with understanding of what's actually going on. So uh, it might seem like a really good idea to meet people where they are and give them cell phone breaks. And if your goal is to alleviate that moment of tension within the meeting room, then, then maybe you can do that. But if your goal is to set these young men and women, whoever your team might be, to set them up for future success, then the teaching of Attention, focus, thoughtfulness, ability to predict, how to use their cognitive resources, these are things that we should be teaching. Right. Okay. For young people, I think it'll help them in their lives. And I'll tell you, for NFL athletes, like a lot of the conversation that's going on post career hinges on these sorts of abilities. Yeah. And that's it for today. So if there is ever a topic that you want to hear about, listener, uh, I hope you will shoot us a, a DM or comment on something we've got going on social media. We use Instagram like like text messaging, so we get back pretty quickly to people. So reach out. We'll try to tackle current events through the lens of the Good Athlete Project model. And uh, if nothing else, it might it might just equip you, your coaching staff, and young people with with the pro thought progress with the thought progressions, the vocabulary, and the understanding to tackle what will always be complex but essential conversations within athletics.